Daily Tap is live for Monday. We'll talk about why the Rams Super Bowl win made me mad. We will also talk about other Super Bowl things, commercials, halftime show, the whole thing. We will talk about it all. We will also talk about the Aaron Rodgers news that came out on Sunday. And we will talk a little bit about the Bucks week um, at the tail end. Probably more basketball on Tuesday's show. Um, mostly football here. As we wrap up the NFL season, the Los Angeles Rams are your Super Bowl champions. They have climbed the mountaintop. Sean McVay now won one in Super Bowls. Uh, the Rams won on a dramatic finish that was very involved with the officials. Um, <laughs> officials basically did not use their whistles until the final two minutes of the game. Um, it was very frustrating. If For those who think the NFL is rigged, who those who think the NFL has an agenda uh, about who wins, this was not a good game for that. Uh, this is very David Stern-esque um, finish with the Rams taking it home. Uh, the Rams getting a Super Bowl win is huge for the city of LA. It basically makes everybody a Rams fan, and they kind of propel themselves now into a premier team in the NFL. They still need fans. Um, I will touch on that later. Uh, but you know, the Rams that's definitely have the they had a bigger reason of winning the Super Bowl. I'm not like coming out here and saying this shit was fixed, all this other bullshit. No, not at all. I'm just saying like. If the NFL had to choose who wins this game, while Cincinnati would have been a great story, Joe Burrow uh, would have, you know, ascended to this superstardom. I made a joke that Joe Burrow's girlfriend probably doesn't want him to win because he would then start dating celebrities. Like, I have to think Joe would just start dating Kay Adams and it wouldn't even be a thing. But he didn't. And he didn't win. And the Rams won. And the Rams will get the attention, the shine. Everybody, they will be the biggest show in L.A. Especially since you don't have the Lakers. Because Lakers right now are a playing team. And they're pathetic. And I know everybody's probably a Lakers fan versus a Rams fan. But they are willing to you know, say, oh, I'm a lifelong Rams fan. And then on top of that, you have the Dodgers who might not play. Because MLB is going to be locked out. So you have both of those things going on on right now and that's not good um, and that helps the Rams and that helps the Rams fandom and the Rams are going to try to continue to grow you know that fan base and I think winning a Super Bowl will only help that but as I said it, it made me upset uh, the game itself made me mad as a Packer fan and I was you know, stewing, I think, after the game. I think I really, you know, kind of started thinking more about how this game made me mad. I um, was going to tape last night and just got tired, aka my beers wore off. And then I was like, oh, I'm kind of sleepy. All right, you know, let's let's get a good rest for Sunday. So I, I did. And so that's what I'm taping this morning. But yeah, the Rams game made me mad. And I'm, here are the reasons why. I have five of them. Um, I'm sure I might come up with more as I continue to talk and think through it. But let's start with these five. Number one, the Packers were clearly better than both of these teams and including the Rams. I realize that we can't keep doing this. I realize that I did this last year too. I realize I said if the Packers had David Bakhtiari, they would have won the Super Bowl. 
I said that. And I will say that the Packers could have easily won this Super Bowl. I think maybe the commentary for the next couple of years, hopefully next year the Packers are able to complete the mission. But I think what it is is the Packers were clearly better than both of these teams. The, the Packers might not have been clearly better than the, the Buccaneers and Chiefs of last year. Um, because who knows? You know, Maybe even if Bakhtiari's back that the... The Packers still don't win that game, and they still don't finish the deal, and then there would be nothing to say. But I do think that if the Rams would have came to Lambeau Field, they would have lost, and Green Bay would have been in the Super Bowl, and Green Bay would have had a real shot shot to beat Cincinnati. Uh, I, I am convinced of that. I think Packers would have done very well against the Cincinnati Bengals team. I, I, do, I have no doubt in my mind there. But... That's all hypothetical, man. You play to win the game. You play the games out because of this. The Packers fell apart against a weak 49ers team. I wouldn't say weak. I shouldn't say that. But a a team that's your kryptonite. And it was the one matchup that Green Bay didn't want to see. And they saw it. And it went way poorly. It did not go to plan. And if Green Bay would have got L.A. in the second round, imagine that, right? Had the Cowboys came back and beat the Niners, the Cowboys go to Tampa, and then the Packers face the face the Rams. There's a whole chain of events that it, you know the the and and also too, if the Rams would have closed on on the Niners, they're not even in the fucking playoffs. So I, I like this is a crazy like how it all developed. But that's football, man. Like football versus basketball or baseball or hockey. That's why football is great. That's why football, we all are watching it. We're all sad that it's gone. We're all going to be fired up when it's Labor Day and college football is humming. And then the regular season of the NFL gets started. Like that's why we get all excited for football. Because every year it's something different. The Bengals had four wins last year. And they were on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl. That is great. Like that, that is so good for the league. So to have that is excellent. But at the same time, you can come back to it and say, all right, well, Green Bay could have easily won the Super Bowl. And they should be kicking themselves. They should be upset. They should be, you know, throwing things. They should be wanting to work out and say, all right. We are getting our asses in the gym, and we are not letting this happen again. This is this is the last year this is happening, and we are hell-bent on getting to the Super Bowl and back there in 2022. We play the Rams next year. I think it's in Lambeau. I can't remember. It might be in SoFi. It would make sense for it to be in SoFi. No, it's not, because I guarantee you if it was, the Packers would have been talked about as a potential Thursday night team. They did not talk about Green Bay. Maybe that's just the assumption that Aaron Rodgers might not be there or whatever. But yeah, they're they are not necessarily on the list of teams. So they must be LA must be heading to Green Bay because I think they're facing off because the Rams won the division. Let me double check that. Yes, they will be in Lambeau. So that'll be a big game. I mean, that'll be probably an NBC or a Fox game or even maybe a Thursday night. Um, that will definitely be a premier game for the NFL. But yeah, they, they come to Lambeau yet again. Um, so they will not be going to SoFi. So that's why the Packers avoided the Thursday night opening opening game. And I think there would be some, some flavor to that if Rodgers were to return. I think that would be a big deal. And I think 
NBC would have leaned all in on that, especially as they'll have a new, probably a new broadcasting crew with Mike Tirico, maybe Collinsworth, and Catherine Tappen. So that's kind of going to be the team next year. They'll want to debut it. I think you'll get Rams-Bills. I doubt they go back to the well with the Cowboys, but they might because the Cowboys just make them a ton of money. And they're like, fuck it. We'll just make sure that we keep the Cowboys chicken humming and we keep, you know, sort of bringing that to the table and that we we will ride that until we can't. So who knows? But yeah, the Packers were better. That's number one. Number two, Matt Stafford is not a Hall of Famer. All right? Like Matt Stafford getting crowned for really no reason at all is infuriating. I shouldn't say no reason at all. I mean, he won a Super Bowl. But Matt Stafford's not a good quarterback, all right? Like, everybody's like, oh, hey, Rob Parker, you had a stat. He called him Stat Padford um, and in Deadspin, which is amazingly still alive. But, like, it's true. Like, Rob Parker wasn't wrong. Like, Rob Parker's an idiot, but Rob Parker's right there. Like, Matt Stafford is this generation's Carson Palmer. And, yeah, he has a Super Bowl. But in no way should Matt Stafford be a Hall of Famer, all right? Like, Matt Stafford has really good stats, all right? Like, Matt Stafford has excellent statistical numbers. Reason why? He was always a garbage-time specialist. The guy loved, you know, making things happen when the games were meaningless. He played on so many bad Lions teams. If you take Matt Stafford and, and Joe Burrow and line them up together, right? Joe Burrow, who played on a four-win team last year... And he got hurt, obviously, and that's why they only won four wins. He took them back to the Super Bowl. You're telling me that Matt Stafford, who's now, I guess, a Hall of Famer because he has a fucking Super Bowl ring, it is suddenly great because he never won with the Lions. Like, he never won. He didn't win a playoff game. He never won with the Lions. He didn't win a division title with the Lions. The Packers, you know, he had multiple opportunities to beat the Packers in the last game of the season to win the title, and he choked on his lunch, all right? So I don't want to hear it that Matt Stafford is a Hall of Famer. He is not a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer because of the way the NFL is played, all right? It's like a steroid era guy in baseball. Matt Stafford should not be rewarded for the fact that the NFL has made it a pass-happy league and leads to large and inflated numbers, which what Matt Stafford has. And a lot of that is due to him playing for a team like Detroit that was just garbage. And that he was he was able to basically, you know, throw all over the field. And that's kind of led to it. But just because he has a Super Bowl does not mean, all right, this guy's now a Hall of Famer. Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl. He's not, you know, he's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, Brad Johnson has a Super Bowl. He's not a Hall of Famer. Mark Rippon has a Super Bowl. Bay old school there for you. Not a Hall of Famer. So, like, what are we doing here? All right? Like, we really need to look deep. Stafford's never won an MVP, all right? Stafford has never won, like, Offensive Player of the Year. Stafford, like, Kurt Warner, I guess, would be maybe another example of it. But, like, Kurt Warner, again, had MVPs, went to multiple Super Bowls. I think he went to three, right? He went there with Arizona. Like, he went to three Super Bowls. Like, of course Kurt Warner deserves to be to be in the Hall of Fame. He might already be there. I can't remember. But regardless, like, Kurt Warner deserves to be there, all right? Matt Stafford doesn't, all right? Matt Stafford does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And for those who compare Aaron Rodgers to Matt Stafford, get all the way out. Like, just get out. Like, I saw Tom Silverstein do that, and I don't know what Tom Silverstein's thing with Aaron is. Silverstein is a good journalist. He's a legendary journalist. 
But for some reason, he loves to kind of light the fire under Packer fans' ass. And he basically compared Matt Stafford to Aaron Rodgers and was like, they're basically the same guy. And it's like, no, you idiot. Like, Stafford has been was never that good. Like, Stafford just... Stafford got on a great team. Good for him. And he was able to win a Super Bowl. And we've now seen back-to-back years, which isn't going to help quarterback movement, by the way, that basically they put a team together to win a Super Bowl. And we'll talk about that here in a second. Where you have Tom Brady had a team put together for him to win a Super Bowl. They did it. Matt Stafford had a team around him to win a Super Bowl. Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup had a better relationship than Matt Stafford ever did with Calvin Johnson. I think that is extremely fair to say. I think that hurts Lions fans. But the relationship that Stafford and Cup have is as good as anybody. It's right there with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. It's right there with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. I think it's better than both of those probably right now. Those guys are so dialed in. And when the chips were down and when Stafford needed to go to his security blanket, he went to Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup was open. We'll talk about Cooper Cup in a little bit. Um, and let's talk about the building of a team and the building of what the Rams did. So in number three of the annoyances, every Packer pinhead's now going to think we need to sign everybody because the Rams formed a super team with guys that wanted to be in LA. Number four is actually related to this, but we will stick with this. The Los Angeles Rams had a philosophy of fuck them picks. Um, that's been a less need uh, model. I think there are a lot of fans who would love to have less need in Green Bay. Um, Green Bay would maybe benefit from that. The fact of the matter is, is Green Bay doesn't have a mega rich owner like Stan Kroenke. The LA Rams can figure out how to make dollars and cents work with a mega rich owner. I don't know if the Packers can do that. All right. Yes, I agree that the cap isn't real and the Packers are going to prove that the cap isn't real. The more I have read, the more that I've understood, the cap is fraudulent. So the Rams trying to bring guys in, they they can do that. And they trade away their draft capital all the time. But I think what gets lost in the shuffle, and this was a really sage point by Peter Schrager last week, who is a Rams super fan. I, I love Schrager. I think Schrager does a great job for the NFL Network. But he's clearly biased when talking about the Rams because he has relationships in there. That's okay. It's okay to be that. I just wish he would kind of admit that and be like, yeah, I guess he does a little bit. But regardless, Schrager points out like that they... They usually have a lot of second, third, and fourth round picks. Like they, they don't lose sight of those. Like Cam Akers, second round pick, right? Cooper Cup, I think, is a third round pick. Um, you know, they've been able to draft and develop in their own way. It is a different model than what the Packers do. They don't think they need first round picks. They don't think first round picks have that much value. I'd argue there are moments where I would agree. There are moments when I disagree. And if they think that. You know, we can find the guys in the second, third, and fourth round who could be first-round picks when it's all said and done. If you were to, like, quote-unquote, redraft this years years later, then, yeah, let's go do it. Let's, you know, kind of approach that philosophy the same way and dangle first-round first picks to teams like Jacksonville and Detroit and know that we can get those back, knowing that we can basically make sure that we get high-end players coming back to our team. And I realized they traded the second and third round picks this year for Von Miller. That worked out. That was a great gamble by the Los Angeles Rams. Von Miller looked kind of overrated. Von Miller looked like he had nothing left in the tank. And Von Miller found himself in Los Angeles. 
But I think you have to remember, this is Los Angeles. It is not Green Bay. I don't know if these guys would feel the same way playing in Green Bay. I just don't. And you're like, Charlie, you're full of shit. Fine. Tell me I'm full of shit. But I don't know if Von Miller is just going to immediately, you know, come back to life playing for the Packers. I don't know if, you know, getting a second and third round pick, Packers didn't think they needed a guy like Von Miller. All right. Like, and you're like, well, embarrassment of riches. Well, Rashawn Gary was a near pro bowler. So was Preston Smith. Like, why would the Packers need that? They, the Rams needed Von Miller. The Rams did not have another edge rusher. Yeah, they had Aaron Donald, sure, but they just had Leonard Floyd. That was it. They needed another guy on the other side of that edge. They didn't have it. The Packers had both of that. Unfortunately, Packers were taken care of, and they thought Zedaria Smith might come back, and unfortunately, that didn't work out, all right? So, like, this idea that he needed Von Miller and needed to trade multiple picks is ridiculous. They didn't need Von Miller. Did they need Odell Beckham Jr.? Yes, but this is also number four because that storyline will not die. Like, watch what Chris Carter said on Good Morning Football, I think, two weeks ago. Chris Carter was like, look, I know Odell. Odell never wanted to go any place other than L.A. He has a house in L.A. He has friends in L.A. Like, he, that's where he wanted to be. So this idea that Adele, Odell was going to go play for the Packers is ridiculous, even though the L.A. had a bonus structure that I think was a good one. And I think the Packers need to kind of consider that maybe for next year. But I don't think that Odell was signing with the Packers. Odell was was not going to look at that. He looked at the Rams' opportunity. He also got recruited by Von Miller, a friend of his. And Von was like, dude, it's great here. We, we I love it here. Like, I love the sun. I love, you know, the energy around here and everything else. Like, I don't think Odell would have would have went to Green Bay, all right? He just wouldn't, all right? So this idea that the Packers can get all of these guys, it's tough, man. It's tough for me to look at it and say, all right, they don't draft and develop because that's all they do, and they do it really well. Jerry Alexander, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, all those guys are first-round picks, which the Rams say, fuck those guys. And all those guys have showed out and been really great for Green Bay and are top-tier players at their position. So what are we doing here? Devontae Adams, second-round pick, all right? Aaron Jones was a sixth-round pick. But you never know. If you're trading away all these picks, you might not get an opportunity at Aaron Jones. You might not get an opportunity at David Bakhtiari in the fourth round. The Packers have built rosters through the draft and develop process. Now, have they... You know, expanded on that and added free agents when it made sense, like Zedaria Smith, like Adrian Amos, like Rasul Douglas during the season. Like, don't lose sight of the fact the Packers tried everything they could to make sure that they had a successful football team this year. And they should have got there. We've already said it. The Packers were clearly the best team in football. Unfortunately, they fell apart against the team that has given them fit. So this idea that the Rams model is suddenly the model that everybody should adhere to is absolutely ridiculous. And I, you know what? I hope people do it because I think it'll it'll come back to bite them. I don't think that this is a sustainable model for the NFL. And if people want to say that, go ahead. I just think at the end of the day, you're going to see more and more just things not work out this way. And I know it worked out for the Rams. I know it worked out for the for the Buccaneers in a sense. But also the Buccaneers, Mike Evans, top pick. Chris Godwin, second round. Rob Gronkowski, free agent you brought in. Their offensive line, who was excellent. A mix of free agents as well as, as, well as draft picks. 
Tristan Wurst, one of their better offensive tackles, drafted in the first round of last year. So you need those picks. So the idea of fuck them picks works for some teams, but trust me, for most of the NFL, it does not. And I don't think it's a sustainable way of playing of playing football and getting a championship. Number five, since I touched on the Odell storyline in that in that as well, Cooper Cup took the title of best receiver from Devonta. It doesn't really make me too mad. It's it's kind of just it's it's a secondary thing, right? But Cooper Cup clearly the best receiver in football. I don't think you can say otherwise. Cooper Cup had just an incredible year. He wins Super Bowl MVP. He deserved it. I thought that Cup definitely was the MVP of that game, more so than Stafford, because Cup has that big run. Um, what is that? It was a third down, I think. And he run, or no, was it fourth down? I can't remember. But regardless, Cup got a seven-yard run, and that was such a crucial point in the game that Cup gets the first down, and then he makes the big catch and made big catches over and over again. I can't believe they didn't test him for a concussion when he got absolutely smoked by Von Bell in the end zone and definitely should have gotten a a concussion check, but that didn't matter because this is the NFL and rules are out the doors. It's just like nobody was wearing masks today. Even though LA has a really strict mask mandate, there was not a fucking soul in a mask. So, you know, nothing matters, right? Um, And Cooper Cup deserves that crown. He did, he's he's just so good. He's so good. He's very crafty. He always seems to get open. Um, he's not just a slot receiver. He is so much more than that. And any team would be lucky to have a Cooper Cup on their team. And I, I do think that Cooper Cup can be a guy that you look at and say, can we model a receiver after this? Like I, If I were looking at that for the Packers and I would say, what do they need next year more than anything else is they need that sort of shifty, small receiver. And that's what they should be looking at in the draft. Because I don't know if Amari Rogers is the answer. Maybe he is. Uh, but Amari did not seem shifty to me. Amari seemed rigid at times and not really a guy ready for the bright lights. And now maybe it's a Clemson thing, right? Like Trevor Lawrence struggled a lot this year. Maybe it's he needs a year of seasoning and he's going to be a lot better next year. But let's hope. Um, because they sure need it. Because Randall Cobb's probably not going to be coming around next year unless he takes a significant pay cut, but I doubt he will. And even if he does, you're still going to need that guy. And Cooper Cup is a model, I think, for for teams. Like we just talked about how the, the Rams sort of, what they do with draft picks and all that, it's not sustainable. What Cooper Cup is, I think that's, you can find that. You can find a, a Cooper Cup-like player you know, in the NFL, you know, in the draft and, you know, through free agency. I think that's, that's possible. Um, but Cooper Cup might be, I don't, I wouldn't call him a unicorn. I wouldn't say he's one of one, um, but he does have quite the skill set and comes from nothing, man. I mean, he was a zero star guy. He was out of Eastern Washington. It also tells you to value those FCS guys, right? Like just because they play in FCS doesn't mean that they can't do this in the NFL. You know, your North Dakota states, your Northern Iowa's, your South Dakota states, your Montana state. Like, those guys can still ball out. James Madison, Villanova. Like, those dudes can ball out, all right? And so I think that's another lesson uh, for those who might, you know, stick their noses up at a smaller school. Other Super Bowl thoughts. Uh, the halftime show was incredible. <laughs> I, I, I think we're so lost in the moment where we want to call everything the best ever, right? We're it's like, oh, that was the best ever. Yeah. Like, retweet. Like. 
Like, it was great. Like, I'm not saying it wasn't the best ever. It was very enjoyable. Um, it's something that will stick with me. Something that I will remember. Um, it also will be the entrance into Maybe I'm Old because they played to my strengths as someone who's 33, heading on to 34, uh, halfway to 34 tomorrow, by the way. No big deal, um, which I hate. <laughs> and this idea of, oh my God, this is my music from my childhood. And I was just jamming. And like, if my if I had kids, I think my kids would be like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, I love this music. Um, this was perfect. I thought it was really good. Um, I enjoyed Kendrick Lamar. I enjoyed Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem. Uh, by the way, the Eminem Neil thing was not like a Kaepernick protest. People are so fucking dumb. You're like, oh, he's protesting. It's like, nah, I don't think so. I think it's part of like a transition. Like Eminem's going out and then they're transitioning to the last part of of the performance. And I think it might be that he's remembering Tupac because there was a Tupac nod in there when when Dre was playing the piano. Like I just like can we can we for once just not make something fucking political, okay? Like I, I just I don't think he was doing it. Like I know you guys want it, but it, it wasn't the case. Uh, I I'm gonna be really curious to hear my dad's thoughts. I was joking with him. I was like, hey, you know, you're big soup Snoop Dogg guy. What do you think? But hopefully he uh, he enjoyed it. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought they did a great job and It'll be interesting to see if they go with more of a hip-hop vibe next year. Like, I think it would be a no-brainer to do Jay-Z and Beyonce together. Just do the Carters, call it that, and do that as a Super Bowl. They're in Arizona next year, so there isn't really a premier guy, you know, group that you could do. They pay People pay to do this, so I don't know how many people will be paying. I do wonder... Will a country star step up and say, let's do the Super Bowl? Let's do like a country, you know, mega jam. Whether it be Eric Church, Chesney, Luke Bryant. Like we haven't had a country halftime show, I think, in forever. So I'd wonder if maybe country's like, all right, hip hop got such a good response. Maybe it's our turn to do something similar. I don't know. Um, I would certainly think about that if I were a country music star. Or, you know, maybe you do pop because there's so much good pop music, new pop music, you know, whether you're Dua Lipa, Halsey, um, Bieber, still still a huge thing. You know, I would consider Doja Cat more pop music than hip hop. She's massive. You have Machine Gun Kelly, who I would also consider more pop. He's he's become so relevant, I think, to, to that. So I wonder if you'll go maybe more on the Gen Z side next year versus, you know, playing to that Millennial or Gen X. I, I saw Seton O'Connor from the Dan Patrick show say that this was a Gen X performance. He's right. The performers were Gen X, but they were play they were placating to the millennials because that's that's our music. That's our shit. So that's what <laughs> that's definitely it. Uh, the commercials. I thought they were all right. Um, I thought you know sometimes they tried too hard. I think the one I really didn't like was the Lays with Seth Rogen and. Paul Rudd, I thought that was a waste of money. I didn't really understand what they were doing there. I didn't really get it. Um, I know that Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd had the famous lines in 40-Year-Old Virgin, which you can't really do anymore, of like, you know, I know you're gay. Like, that that was their sort of thing, remember? And I think they were trying to play off that. 
but it just didn't work and it didn't come through. And obviously you couldn't do that in a Super Bowl ad. Um, that's, I mean, that's pretty obvious. But I thought the ones I liked, I really liked Larry David, even though it was for cryptocurrency. Um, crypto man, uh, really hot in the streets. Um, and crypto is, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting game. And it's an interesting thing about how it might be regulated and how might things go forward with it. It's still the wild, wild west. They were all in on crypto. I mean, if you're saying, what are the two things that people were all in on for Super Bowl commercials? It was crypto and it was electric cars. Everybody was showing off their electric car um, and what they have, what they have to offer. Um, the Meadow Soprano thing. I, it was so funny. I, I like I hear the music and you hear the theme song. And I don't I think I've talked about it on the podcast. I really enjoyed watching Sopranos. So I hear it and I'm like, oh, fuck. And I look at it, I'm like, oh, man, it's Meadow. I missed AJ in there. So I missed that AJ was a part of it at the end. Like, I must have stopped paying attention or started talking to my wife or something. But I missed the fact. Because then I started telling the story about how my wife's, like, protested watching Sopranos with me because I watched it without her. Um, it's one of the dumber things that she, she does, honestly. Because I'm like, you're missing out on one of the greatest television shows of all time over, like, a dumb feud that you and I had, like, two years ago. Like, I mean, at some point you got to get, get, get over it. And, but I love, I love that. I love that. I love the, you know, basically the nods to the Sopranos and it was a very me commercial. <laughs> um, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought that was good. I thought also too, um, the rocket mortgage, uh, Anna Kendrick ad was good. Very relatable as someone who's ready to buy a house. Um, so that was maybe, maybe hit a little too close home, but I think Anna Kendrick's great in that sort of like peppy, uh, sort of energetic, uh, you know, commercial sales sales gal. I think that's something you could have Anna Kendrick do for the rest of her career if she wanted to. Um, just think she fits the role and is a good good one to have if you're an ad agency and you're like, who should we get for this? And it's like, oh, let's let's do Anna Kendrick. So that's my thoughts on all of it. We're we're done. Football is over. Um, there will be a lot of talk still about football. Uh, football never dies. Uh, the fact that now we will go into this doldrum for basically a week because you're going to have the All-Star game. You'll have All-Star weekend, which is nice, but then the week after, you have nothing. You just have college basketball. Um, that'll be it. You just have college hoops for four days before the NBA get, comes back. So it should be all right. Well, we're like three, we're less than a month away from March Madness, which is crazy. Um, so then we get March Madness. And then after March Madness, we get the Masters. And after the Masters, hopefully baseball's rolling. And if it's not, well, then April's really going to suck. So let's hope that we have that. Well, we have NBA playoffs, so that'll be all right. You have NFL, NHL playoffs as well, if you're into that. I'm not. But you have, so I guess you will have that going at least. And that'll be different than last year. Because last year, I think, we didn't have we didn't have the NBA playoffs till like mid-May. Um, so... We'll have it in early April and or mid-April and it should be fun. So we'll we'll all survive. I think those three days next week will be tough. And it'll be annoying to hear how many different football topics we try to keep humming along when it's really basketball season and we should be moving on to that. Speaking of a topic that will not die, you have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers' potential return to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported that Aaron Rodgers is very optimistic about 
his future with the Packers and that Rodgers and the Packers seem to be on the same page. And the Packers want to make Aaron Rodgers a bigger deal and want to give Aaron Rodgers a deal that might be in the short term, but the highest paid quarterback. And to take care of Aaron Rodgers in ways that I think people didn't expect. Aaron Rodgers is likely going to get paid again. It's likely that Aaron Rodgers will get another contract from the Green Bay Packers. I think it's a really smart move. I think the Packers know that the way they do this, they can extend the cap and they can make sure they can sign other people because Devontae Adams is owed money. Uh, Elton Jenkins is going to be owed money. Jair Alexander is going to be owed money. Kenny Clark, I no, he took care of Kenny last year. So Kenny's not owed. We're good on Kenny. But they can basically work on restructures for others. Russ Ball, I'm sure, is already hard at work. I'm sure there is a scenario with Rodgers. I'm sure there's a scenario without Rodgers. But I think it all is dependent on Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't think the Packers are going to come out of nowhere and trade Rodgers. I think I'd be stunned if Green Bay, just out of the blue, trades him. Now, they haven't ruled it out. They haven't said we're not trading Aaron Rodgers, which is interesting, right? That, that has not been said. But it does seem like Green Bay is ready to figure this out and keep riding it out. It sounds like Matt LaFleur and Rodgers have unfinished business. Now, we've heard this before. We've talked about it before. But it really does feel like these guys want to try to finish this. And Rodgers also feels like, just given his comments on Pat McAfee's show, that he doesn't really want to put up with bullshit of another media group like he's fine with the Packers guys all right like and girls I don't want, want to be inclusive um, that he's not necessarily wanting to deal with another media group whether it be Denver whether it be New York whether it be Vegas he doesn't want to he doesn't want to deal with it he's he's, he's done with it right and that's sort of where I think Roger sits right now and I think he's going to get that opportunity. I don't think Green Bay is going to look at Jordan Love and say, we need to start the Jordan Love era. I, I While I think Jordan Love has shown some moments, shown some flashes, I think the Packers are okay with another year of Rodgers. And will Jordan Love be okay? Or, which I've said for, I think now three or four months, um, will they trade Jordan Love? I've been on that corner. I've said, like, look, it makes a lot of sense to trade Jordan Love this offseason and then draft Aaron Rodgers next heir apparent in whether it be the second, third, or fourth round, depending on when you can find a quarterback. Also, next year's draft is very loaded at the quarterback position. So you could even have a stopgap, sign like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't even know if he'll be healthy. But you could sign like a Marcus Mariota, who I, I know the Packers and LaFleur have been fascinated with. He played with LaFleur uh, in Tennessee. That's another guy you could bring in. You just bring in sort of a stopgap quarterback for a year and then say, all right, we're going to draft, you know, X, Y, and Z player in this late in 2023 draft, which starts with Bryce Young. I don't think Chase, uh, or what's his name? Bryce Young will be there, but uh, Chase Stroud uh, from Ohio State, I don't think he can, he's, he's eligible. He'll be a sophomore still. So it'll be Bryce Young. But there's other guys that will be in there. Packers obviously will not be in a position to draft Bryce Young. Uh, that would be like if Peyton Man. That would be like the whole Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck thing. People will be so mad if the Packers can draft Bryce Young. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. But yeah, I, I think Green Bay is going to keep riding this Rodgers thing until they can't. I know that there are, there are some that want to move on. I have a feeling that Aaron Rodgers will kind of change his tune a little bit. I think as 
more things come off in terms of restrictions and people are starting to realize that COVID's here forever and that it's not really going to go away and that a lot of things that I kind of expected to happen in 2022 because it's election year. I didn't say it on this podcast because that's not the podcast for it. Um, but it, this none of this surprises me. And I think that Rogers is going to basically benefit from that. Just like I think Kyrie at some point is going to benefit from that. And so I, I do think that the NFL and, and the teams itself are not going to have this be as significant of an issue as it once was. So I, I do think Aaron Rodgers will will reap those benefits. And I don't know. We'll see. I, I definitely think Aaron Rodgers can still be a premier player. He won the last two MVPs. Why wouldn't you want to bring him back? Makes too much sense. If he wants to come back, let him come back. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to go out and retire. And I also think there's a part of him that doesn't want to go out and not be his last game. That be his lasting legacy. He's a big legacy guy. He knows Favre went out with a whimper. And I think if he can try to go out with a bang, he's going to do it. And if it's a whimper, it's a whimper. And maybe we'll be like, why did we trust it? But I don't know if Jordan Love's going to be at the level of Rodgers. I just don't. And I, I think Jordan Love will be good. I think Jordan Love can make Pro Bowls. I think Jordan Love can make a playoff or two. I don't know if Jordan Love is a Super Bowl quarterback just yet. I do trust the Packers in the, in the quarterback category. They've been right about a few guys before, such as Rodgers and Favre. So there's no reason to doubt them. But we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, Rodgers says he's going to give a decision soon. Uh, the franchise tag stuff for Devontae is February the 26th. So I would imagine that we have a decision in the next two weeks with Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see. Wait on pins and needles. And remember, as a call out, just make sure you're trusting the right people when it comes to this kind of stuff. You want to make sure that you're trusting, I would say Rappaport's probably the best one. Shefty, I would not put Shefty in that category. Pelisaro is another guy who I think, think has really good Packer sources. Jay Glazer, eh, kind of. Uh, but, you know, if it's like a Ben Albright or it's, uh, I don't know, there's some other guys. Evan Massey's another one. I don't think he does NFL. He does basketball. But they're, they're just dudes where it's like, come on, don't don't trust this guy. He's not worth your time. But I would say, you know, trust your sources. Make sure you, you have those and know who you're hearing it from versus uh, hearing it from somebody, some random dude on Twitter. Um, and if I'm the one random dude on Twitter, uh, then you trust me. You know, obviously. <laughs> but that, that'll that do it for today's show. Uh, we'll ride out of here. Uh, we won't talk too much about the Bucks. I know I said, oh, Bucks preview, whatever. Nah, I'm going to do a ton of basketball tomorrow. Uh, we do have the Bucks uh, Blazers tonight. Uh, the Blazers are a zombie team. Um, so hopefully the Bucks can not be too lackadaisical. It's definitely going to be a weird game for them, just given they've had a few days off. They basically have played the Suns, who were a really tough opponent. They obviously wanted to send a statement to the Lakers. There's definitely a chance for a hangover. I would not bet the Bucks minus 15. Let's just put it that way. Then you have Indiana on Tuesday, 
And then on Thursday, you have a big matchup with Philadelphia, um, which I think everybody will be clued in on. Hopefully, James Harden will play. I would definitely want James Harden to play in that game. You're like, Charlie, why would you want that? It's like, I want to see it. I want to see Harden Embiid versus Giannis, Middleton, Holiday. I definitely want to see that that matchup. And Mitch and I probably doing podcasts on Wednesday then, um, just given the Bucs schedule. So uh, tap in the keg for Wednesday. We'll get you ready for that Bucks sixers game as well as, I'm sure, a variety of other things. All right, take care, guys. Have yourself an awesome Monday. Enjoy Valentine's Day if you celebrate. Um, I'm your, I, I can be your Valentine if you don't have one. Um, I'll, I will always be that for the listeners of the podcast. All right, take care of yourself. Have a good one. Bye.